This is a podcast about betting on sports, which is something you can do to try and make money. One important thing to know is that this podcast is not going to be the reason you get rich off sports betting. To repeat, we're not going to get you rich. There are sleazeballs abound all over the internet. We'll be happy to take your money to chase down that line. Here at best, we might make you a little bit less awful of a better if you're lucky. Bet at your own risk. Don't bet more than you can afford to lose. Godspeed. Welcome to the Jay and Silent Rob podcast, episode 14, dude. Catorce. Yeah, I'm going to take your word, and um, I guess that means 14 in Spanish, and it's good to, to be here, Rob. Uh, we've made it. We haven't been cut off the airwaves. Steve Jobs has not kicked us uh, off Apple. Mm-hmm. We're living right, dude. How are things? Things are good, dude. It's raining in the desert. Everyone is in a frenzy, absolute madness. Um, cars crashing, people losing their minds. So, good time of year. Yeah, I feel bad for you and your weather problems out there, Rob. Mm-hmm. Real tough, mm-hmm. real tough for you. Um, any any big plans before uh, Thanksgiving next week? Uh, not before, but going to, to Mexico for Thanksgiving and the tradition of the. I don't know, pilgrims or whatever. Uh, what about day. you? Um, just watching some football this weekend and next week. Next week's a really fun week with the NFL three games and all the rivalry games, which we'll talk about. Uh, um, but my Thanksgiving break is just like one of just absolute rest. Like everyone at it, school, like everyone is pretty like the teachers, the students, everyone knows how close we are to like this break and it's, it's really pulling teeth on both sides. So it's, it's really a funny time. Uh, so yeah, my Thanksgiving break is just pretty much uh, just, just eating really well and watching football and just like relaxing. And then winter break, which is like three weeks later, um, I'm actually going to Colombia. So I'm excited about that. But for now it's just still football season, man. So, uh, Little college football action. Did you see anything this weekend? Georgia, very much the biggest game. I think was Georgia beating uh, um, Auburn down on the plains. Mm-hmm. Did you see that at all? Uh, no, but I heard people laughing at the gym this morning or or Monday morning about how uh, about Minnesota losing. Just funny because I asked you so much about them last week. Um, that's all I. That's all I caught. Yeah, yeah, and, and like I said last week. Um, Iowa was favored in that game by three. They won by four. So, um, yeah, these betting markets, almost like they're sharp or something. Uh, mm-hmm. But I mean, still very impressive what Minnesota's done. Uh, we're going to start off just kind of talking about the college football, you know, piece of the puzzle that is uh, the, the playoffs. So I think most people know the, the format, but I shouldn't assume. Assumptions are slightly dangerous. Uh, so essentially the, the college football playoffs are they have a human element involved which is always you know very pure and very easy to predict uh but there's four teams that that get selected based on uh you know essentially an arbitrary uh you know rubric they're supposed to be the four best overall teams right now we're pretty sure we are sure what three of those teams are going to be uh it would take pretty much utter chaos which there there is the potential for uh, but utter chaos for Ohio State, Clemson, and LSU to not be in the, the, the playoff in some variation, one, two, three. Maybe one of them falls a four in some scenarios, but that, that's pretty much a lock. Um, there is a scenario in which maybe if Clemson gets upset by South Carolina, 
or if Ohio State loses to both, both Penn State and Michigan uh, or loses the Big Ten title, something of that nature, LSU is pretty much a damn lock. Um, but, yeah, so those three are pretty much a, a lock. But the fourth team is either going to be Georgia, the winner of the Pac-12 game, or if somehow Auburn, or I mean, so somehow Alabama kind of like sneaks their way in there. Um, it's kind of just looking like Oklahoma just doesn't have a, enough to climb the poles right now. Uh, Alabama's the five, so Georgia's the four seed. Alabama's the five seed in these rankings for the fifth in the rankings. Uh, Oregon's the sixth seed, Utah's the seventh seed, and I believe Oklahoma's the eighth seed. So Utah and Oregon are going to play each other. So the six and seven, they have a huge way of jumping up, if that makes sense. What they need really is Georgia to lose in front of them, and Georgia's going to play. Well, first of all, Georgia has to play Texas A&M this weekend. They're only a 13-point favorite at home, which as somebody who has a significant amount of money on Georgia – um, it's just I, it's just a weird spread. I don't I don't like it being like just shy of fourteen. I really I really don't. So I will be nervously watching that game this weekend. But they at the end of the day, thirteen points is still a lot. Um, but they are locked in to play the SEC championship game against LSU. And it's relatively simple scenario. As long as total chaos doesn't happen, it's going to be uh, um, if Georgia beats LSU after you know winning out. So they would be the four seed or at least in the playoffs, some variation, maybe they're the three seed LSU falls, the four seed, something of that nature. And, or if Georgia loses to LSU, uh, LSU remains the one seed. And then the winner of the PAC 12 championship game, which would be Utah or Oregon gets in. Now I just actually made a bet. I put uh, 40 to one on Utah to win the national championship. I did this because I have, I have really large positions on both Clemson and Georgia from the preseason. Um, and the reason I did, I picked Oregon, or excuse me, I picked Utah over Oregon is Oregon, none of the best odds I saw for Oregon were like 25 to one. Uh, and I, 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 and some other people that I respect have Utah power rated, uh, about three points better than, than Oregon. Oregon's a little flashier. They have Justin Herbert who's going to be like a top 10 pick. But uh, in that Pac-12 championship game, Utah will be favored. That is pretty much a guarantee they will be favored. Uh, they're actually I mean, obviously like less sexy than Oregon. So people hearing like Utah can be the national championship game. Uh, but their, their team is damn good. And if they played LSU in that first round, they would be uh, less than a touchdown underdog. So they'd be probably like a six, six and a half point underdog. Uh, now if they played Ohio State, they'd be more like a 10 10 and a half, 11 point underdog, maybe more. But uh, so it's just showing you Utah. I mean, that's, that's a real good chance. And, and it's because I have a good position on, on Clemson and uh, Georgia. Now I'm kind of looking at this as, okay, if Oregon wins, well, obviously Utah's out, but I just, and I just think Oregon's just a, a class below the rest of the other three teams. So they really couldn't do damage in the playoff if they were to make it anyways. But um but yeah, so that that's my my rationale. Anything jump out to you about the college playoff picture? Um, maybe some of the games that you looked at. You said you noticed a pattern next week uh, for the games coming up. Mhm, mhm. Yeah, on this playoff thing, the way you just described it had me thinking about when we were talking about the amount of games in a series it would take to get the better team to always win, and like baseball versus basketball versus football. So even though you've got kind of Oregon as 
you know, in your most likely scenario, the worst possible team that could get in. In your mind, it's not even worth putting a bet on them now because there's so much, like just a class below. You think there's enough kind of time to smooth out the randomness in the in the uh, college football playoffs that it's it's not even a 25 to one chance that uh, that they actually go in and win it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, because you have to win the two games. Uh, and realistically, Oregon has to win three games they'll be underdogs in, right? Because they have to beat Utah, and then they mm-hmm. have to, and they're going to have to beat either, you know, one of the four teams and then the last remaining team. So really, if you were to, um, it's called like rolling it over. So if you were to take $100 and you bet, bet them on the money line against Utah, you probably would be able to turn that into $150 worth of profit, $100, maybe $60 worth of profit. Okay, now you take that 260 and let's say they play Ohio State. Well, then you probably get let's you know I'm just throwing out numbers here, but you probably would get four or five to one if they beat Ohio State in the semifinals, right? So let's say two fifty, you know, times four. So you're at a grand now. Okay, now you take a grand and you uh, you know play let's say you know Clemson in the championship, which you're now probably going to be like a three to one uh, you know underdog yet. All right, well now you got three thousand dollars. So, you know, that oh, you just took your 100 and turned it into 3,100. Whereas if you mm-hmm. took that 100 and put it on the 25 to 1, you'd only have, uh, you know, $2,600 now, right? So, um, yeah, so that that's the other scenario as well. Whereas if you did the same thing with Utah, they wouldn't be, they're, they're because their power rated so high, they wouldn't be, um, that payout of rolling it over wouldn't be as, as high. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I just think they're, because, like I said, any any power rankings you really look at, Utah is higher. It's just because public perception of like Utah as a program versus like Oregon, like the flashiness, the quarterback, blah blah blah. Uh, so yeah, Utah forty to one. It's also just to give me a position uh, to like nego- to to you know maneuver my Clemson or my Georgia bet. But really, my Clemson bet. Uh, I'd like to get two teams in that playoff, and then based on the scenario, based on the matchup, I can hedge out. Uh, you know, pregame, in game. Um, I know I've had it before where like the two semifinal games, like, but what happened in the first semifinal game dictated how and how much I was going to hedge out with that second game. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's just, just kind of giving me leverage, uh, for that, that game. And obviously I'll update everyone on that as, as we move forward. But, uh, yeah, 40 to one, even if I didn't have these positions, that's a good bet. Uh, I put a little bit more on it than I would normally just because I have the added, um, incentive with Clemson and Georgia positions already. And there are already pretty significant positions uh, for me. So, so yeah, but yeah, next weekend is like the rivalry game. So it's like Clemson at South Carolina, Ohio state at Michigan, Alabama at Auburn, Oklahoma at Oklahoma state, Um, you know, LSU's hosting Texas A&M. Like one of those five games, at least one of those five games, the favorite will lose guaranteed. And I wouldn't be surprised if two of them would lose. So that's where we get into, okay, well, if now chaos happens, then how does that kind of kind of shape up? So, um, yeah, the straightforward scenarios are pretty, as we said, straightforward, but chaos could easily occur as well. Um, and that's why having these positions now before everything gets thrown to the wind is, is a beneficial thing. Uh, but just like anything else we do, there, there is risk involved. But, uh, um, you know, over a long sample size, we're making uh, plus EV decisions. Uh, anything mm-hmm. uh, uh, before we move to the professional pure NFL? Um, 
No, I like some of these projected spreads on these rivalry games. He posted uh, Alabama minus three at Auburn. Didn't realize that <laughs> that makes a big difference. Rivalry yeah. game. Well, not only that, did you hear about the quarterback, Rob, for Alabama? Indeed. Indeed. Exactly. Shakes up the draft. What's yeah. that do for, for, the, for the Dolphins, for the Redskins, dude? Dude, right now the Redskins have a better draft pick than the Dolphins, which is hilarious. Uh, wow. But the Bengals have the one team. Joe Burrow, dude. Joe Burrow uh, is looking like the number one pick, which is pretty no funny. Way. Good for, I read that article him, about yeah. him. Like the the uh, transcendence is so rare to go from like a junior who's like off the draft board to being even in the first half of the first round is like mm-hmm. unheard of. Being a number one would be insane. Yeah. Um, it's actually really funny because last year everyone was like thought LSU was going to be really bad. They're like, yeah, they just somehow this guy in like May transferred here from Ohio State. Now he's the starter. It's like this Coach O is just some inbred fucking Cajun. Like they're not gonna, you know, he doesn't have a coach. Blah blah. And now they're like on top of the world. So yeah, it's it's it is a really good story. And here's the interesting part. So like, let's say hypothetically the Redskins were to draft Joe Burrow, he would come in and replace Dwayne Haskins, who is their first round pick this year from Ohio State. And Dwayne Haskins was the guy who beat out Joe Burrow at Ohio State to get him <laughs> to move. So, yeah, my dad and I were talking about that. That would be like a, a very serendipitous, uh, you know, full circle thing. But I, I don't wish that on Joe Burrow. I hope he lives a, a very good life and very far away from the Washington Redskins organization. <laughs> FedEx Field. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, FedEx Field, did. Uh, but anyways, moving on. Um, the NFL is definitely the, the picture's getting a lot clearer. Um, the NFC is pretty much, um, well, first and foremost, we've talked all year, but kind of like about the Eagles and I'm already vested enough in the, in the Eagles and what I've seen of the Eagles and really the Cowboys too. I'm not going to add to my division bet. Um, they're getting to their soft part of their schedule this week. They play the Seahawks where they're barely a favorite. Um, I, I did not put a division back cause I already have essentially uh, one and a half units already vested in them. Um, I'm going to watch them play Seattle, and the Cowboys have to go up to New England. But um, there's definitely some question marks with the Eagles. Uh, I did put a 30-1 to bet for them to win the NFC championship. That's just way too high of a price. Uh, They still have an avenue to to win their division. A pretty reasonable – right now the odds have them at uh, just over 1.3, so like about a – 40% 40% of the time they win their division. So if you win your division, your first game, your first game in the playoffs is a home game. So that's a huge um, you know, advantage. And like we've talked about, the NFC is still relative crapshoot. Um, there's not much separating these teams. Uh, one team has kind of established itself. We're going to talk about them in a, in a couple of minutes here. But other than that one team, um, they're, they're really about four to five points from the, the one seed to the six seed for, for power rankings. Um, so kind of trying to embrace variance there. So the Eagles price really should be around 15 to one. And I, I just got it at 30 to one. So it's, it's just a value play to win the NFC. Um, but it's more obviously less, less, um, risk, more reward than, uh, kind of a binary division bet, which is, um, you know, you're, you're only getting a little over, um, you know, one to one for your money. So it's just not worth it right now, especially because I'm already vested, um, Dak Prescott for the Cowboys, he does look good. Um, they're it's still an idiotic coaching and really led franchise, but they, Dak Prescott is a really good quarterback. 
And uh, you just kind of have to respect that for what it is right now. Uh, moving to the NFC North, it's a two-horse race, Vikings and Packers. I mean, a note here, the Packers have a really easy schedule um, after this week. I'm actually strongly considering looking to bet them at like 6-1 to one to, win their, uh, to win the conference. They play uh, San Francisco this weekend, which would, could be a huge tie breaker game to to get uh in the playoffs and the thing about the playoffs is if you're the one or the two seed not only do you get home games but you get a bye so um playing against nobody is as a good thing because like we said one game of football is so random it, it just you know you don't have to play anyone it, it's as simple as that it, it's a huge boost to these futures odds and um uh, the packers play i believe it's the bears the redskins and one other team and yeah, so they play the Bears, the Redskins, and the Giants the next three weeks. So if they win this Niners game, um, that's a huge, you know, have, they'll be a nine and two, and then they're most likely going to be uh, eleven and and three, or possibly even twelve and two after that. So they would be right in the the, the hunt for a, a one seed or at least a, a double buy, or a buy in the playoffs, which is massive. So I'm gonna do some more research. I might play them right now. I see the best number I can get right now is six to one. That's pretty good odds. Um, but we'll move to the NFC South, and this is the team that I think is the best in the NFC, best coached, most well-rounded team, and that's the Saints. Um, they had a kind of a, a nice bounce-back win this weekend against the Bucks. Uh, they played the Niners, uh, who kind of you know they were unde- they were the last team to be undefeated. The Niners, I think they're starting to come back to earth a little bit. Uh, I just don't trust their quarterback Jimmy G. Um, they don't they really haven't been to the playoffs. They don't have that experience. Uh, I think I think you're going to learn a lot about the Niners in the last five to six weeks here when their schedule gets a lot harder. But yeah, I, I got the Saints here at uh, plus two sixty to win the NFC. Um, I, I just they're going to most likely be at least the two seed, if not the one seed. It's a huge home field advantage playing in the dome down there, and uh, yeah, I just they're, they're the most complete team in the NFC. Uh, then moving to the NFC West. It's pretty much a two-horse race with the Seahawks and the Niners. Um, Russell Wilson is is an absolute beast, um, but the Niners are looking like they're going to get that uh, first round, uh, or at least win the division, and probably get a one or a two seed, which is like we said, massive. Whereas the Seahawks are probably going to play have to play at least three games, and also it'd be a wild card team. If you're a wild card team, that first week you have to play on the road, and really the whole uh, all three games to get to the Super Bowl, you have to win on the road. Which is which is quite difficult. So, um, yeah, pretty much there's the five teams that are pretty much guaranteed to make uh, the playoffs. That's the Seahawks, Niners, Saints, uh, Vikings, and Packers. It's kind of just an order. Uh, the question is just in what order. Um, but the Saints are kind of the one team that's really separated itself in the in the NFC. Uh, does that make sense about the the buy being so impactful uh, in terms of when we look at these futures? There, Rob. It does, and the schedule. I was noticing it when I was trying to set so i'm like scraping the bottom of uh possibly making the the playoffs in fantasy football and as i'm looking at projections of who's likely to do well the Packers schedule looked looked great that makes a obviously like all the difference in the world yeah absolutely and, and it's it's also um you know looking back at the you know um the schedule that they've played as well, some of these teams. And it's also easier to sneak up on teams. The Niners, beginning of the year, they weren't even expected to make the playoffs. Then they start out undefeated. You know, now that you have the target on your back, quote unquote, 
Um, you know, it's a lot different. So yeah, just we talked about the the Packers here. They're going to be projected to be seven and a half point favorites next week at New York. Uh, then the Redskins will probably be about twelve to thirteen point favorites at home, and then the Bears will probably be about eight to nine point favorites. So, like I said, uh, two and one is the most likely outcome there. But after two and one, three and zero oh is the most likely outcome uh, for win probabilities there. So they're already at eight and two. And then mm-hmm. this Niners game this weekend, they're only three point underdogs. Some places three and a half points. So that's that's about forty percent the time they win this weekend. Um, so you know that that right right there, the most common outcome is is three wins and one loss. So that would be uh, eleven and three going into the week sixteen. They have a showdown against the Vikings on the road. So, yeah, I mean, and this is really where your margins are. And this is where you shop around, too. Is that, you know, a lot of places the Packers are about four to one. I see four and a half to one. And then the best price I see is six to one. So, you know, you're talking about just shopping around and having access to different sports books. That gets you uh, an extra, you know, now that only has to hit at like a, a, a you know, 12 to 15 percent rate to pay off. Whereas if you're getting it at four to one, it's got to be at like a 20, 22 percent rate for to pay off you know and that's where those margins are huge um when when you know you shop around especially when we're looking at these you know um bigger bets that you can get down with these these futures so i'm glad though you're you're looking at schedules rob how, how enjoyable can you tell the, how enjoyable or not enjoyable uh fantasy football has been for you this year hmm uh, it's been a little bit of heartburn too a little bit of heartburn but some uh, a decent amount of enjoyment i'd say Try not to do too much turnover. It'll make you nuts if you like look at it too much. You kind of gotta. There's an element of set and forget it that's that's probably worthwhile. But uh, no, it's been it's been a good little good little side hobby. It's fun, isn't it? Yeah, it's a good time. But that shit about set and forget it. That's that's bullshit. That's lib talk. You gotta fucking think about it all day, every day, man. That's true. Yeah, let me, let me take that back and tell everyone to to quit this discard job. everything else and focus. <laughs> Jesus, focus on one thing. My God, once in your I'm life. Kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, all right. Anyways, let's move to the old uh, AFC here. Um, so the, the kind of the biggest news of the last couple of weeks is just the Ravens are, are kind of everyone's darlings. Lamar Jackson looking like the MVP. He looks like a great player. All these kids at my my middle school, they're everyone's a Ravens fan now. It's really real fucking funny. You know, everyone's a Ravens fan, so I just mean mug these kids. But in all seriousness, uh, they're they're an easy team to root for. They're a good organization. Lamar is a really easy dude to like to root for. Um, but that being said, they're they're kind of just getting overpriced right now. Um, they have an interesting schedule. Speaking of schedules, the next three games they play at the, the LA Rams is about three three and a half point favorites. Then they host the uh, Niners. They'll be about four point favorites against the Niners, and then they go to the Bills. They should be about six point uh, favorites, five to six point favorites up in Buffalo. They're going to lose one of those three games. Um, I have a Patriots future, and I have a Chiefs conference future. So I have the Patriots ten to one to win the Super Bowl, and I have the Chiefs six to one to win the AFC. Pretty much, it's a three horse race to win the AFC now. It's it's uh, the Patriots are the favorite, then the Ravens are the second favorite, and the Chiefs are the third favorite, and everyone else is pretty much distant. The Texans could kind of climb up there if they were to win tomorrow and then beat the Patriots next week, um, but they're they're under or they're. Favors tomorrow, but they'll be underdogs to, to beat the, the Patriots. I'm looking to get the Ravens at the best price once they lose a game to win the conference. That's really just as a hedge. I still think the Patriots are the most well-rounded team. 
Um, I think the Ravens are, are um, they're just they're just overpriced right now. They're they're good. They're really good. But right now to win the AFC, a lot of places are like two to one. Whereas about three weeks ago, let me check here. Three weeks ago, they're about five or six to one to win. Uh, yeah, to to win the the conference. So they're a good team. Don't get me wrong. But there's this thing called Bill Belichick, and that game most likely is going to have to be played in Foxborough when they play in the playoffs, and that's a major difference. So the Ravens, a couple weeks ago, they shredded the Patriots, um, but they were at home. And then the, this past weekend, the Ravens shredded the Texans at home. Uh, like I said, it, it's easy to get caught up with kind of the flavor of the week. And there's a, there's a small possibility that maybe the Ravens are the best team. But, you know, kind of the world of probabilities we live in, more times than not, they're just overvalued right now. Uh, um, the Chiefs' uh, our, our offense is just, you know, still pretty damn good. Their defense is pretty bad. There's no doubt about that. Uh, but your offense can make up for a bad defense. The Ravens' offense is great too. It's actually been the most efficient so far this year. Um, but Patrick Mahomes has still got more of a ceiling as a passer than Lamar Jackson. Also, Lamar Jackson. This is a common narrative. Some people laugh at it, but he is one hit away from being out. So he's running all over the place, and he's great. He's amazing, but he is one hit away, and I'm not wishing that on him, but the reality is he is one hit away from being hurt, and I really hope that doesn't come to fruition or anything, but that, that is a reality. When when you are reliant on your legs, then then your uh, then your arm, which the NFL has so many rules to protect the passers, uh, you know, like you can't even touch the quarterback. But once he becomes a runner, obviously there's not much they can do to protect him. But, yeah, long story short um, – I'm pretty much just sitting on my Patriots' future. Uh, they they are huge favorites to win their division. The Ravens are now minus two thousand, some places minus five thousand to win their division. I had that four to one beginning of the year. I wish I would have put some money on them to win the AFC uh, conference and win the Super Bowl, but that's how it goes. Uh, right now, it's a two worst race pretty much in the AFC South with the Texans and the Colts. Texans are favored. Tomorrow is a huge leverage game. The Texans play the Colts at home. The Colts beat the Texans earlier in the year. Um, so if the Colts were to win, they would have the the tiebreaker. Um, so a huge le- leverage game tomorrow on Thursday Night Football, which I know you'll be watching, Rob. And then AFC West, you have the Chiefs. Um, they're about minus 400 favorites to win the division, whereas the Raiders are about three and a half, almost four to one to win. I don't know if you remember, Rob, but I have a lot of money on the Chiefs and Charger and or Chargers to win the AFC West. It was one of those scenarios where it was like, if any other team like comes comes up to uh, you know, I could be in real trouble here. Well, luckily there's a huge leverage game next week where the Raiders go to play the Chiefs as like eight or nine point favor, or where the Chiefs are eight or nine point favorites. I will have a, a I will find a, a amount that I will hedge a slight amount on just so I don't have to find a bridge if the Raiders were to win and end up winning that division. Uh, just, just because that's that's what you know. Hey, that's the scenario we're in here. Patrick Mahomes has gotten hurt earlier in the year. He could easily get hurt again. Um, kind of one of those things you said, like the sit it, set it and forget it type thing with, um, you know, fancy football. Where <clears throat> probably EV wise, this isn't the most EV, but like for personal enjoyment, like not having to somehow have the Raiders do this to me without get, making some money off of it. Um, I, I will hedge just just slightly on it. But uh, yeah, pretty much the the next month, the the mo of the the playoff or the 
NFL is just going to be who's going to be in what position for the playoffs. Uh, but the teams are pretty much set. Uh, the AFC, the, the, you know, you're going to have the Texans right now, the Texans, Colts, Pats, uh, Ravens, and Chiefs. Those five teams are pretty much guaranteed they're going to be in it. And then there's going to be one wildcard team that's really not going to have a chance, like either the Raiders or the Bills or maybe somehow the Browns or Steelers get in. But that's they're not going to be in, in any sort of contention. And then we talked about the NFC. So uh, it's pretty much, uh, you know, everyone's trying to make their fantasy playoffs. Personally, you included Rob, me as well in my 26 leagues, and uh, you know everyone in the actual NFL trying to make the playoffs as well. So we can pretty much consider ourselves NFL players um, since we share mm-hmm. that. Um, I agree. <laughs> so go ahead and add that to your resume there, Rob. Mm-hmm. Um, anything before we move on to the hardwood? Nope. Okay, so... This upcoming weekend is uh, non-conference tournaments. So what's great about them is you get a lot of like big matchups and stuff. So they have the Maui Invitational where you have some teams like Kansas and um, I think Virginia Tech and some other teams like, of that nature, pretty high-power teams. Um, what's great about this is you get about three, two or three games uh, where these high major teams will play each other. So we're still collecting data, which is great. But also we there are neutral court games. So – it's very hard to get neutral court game data because, you know, obviously it's such a rare occurrence. But the conference tournaments and the national tournaments are on neutral courts. So it's good to see how teams respond to it, even if it is a relatively small sample with the two or three games. But we can add it to later in the season that those conference tournaments happen. So then we should have about four or five neutral court uh, games worth of data to see how teams perform. Some teams usually shoot better, things of that nature. Now, some of that can be noisy, um, but some teams it does it does make a, a difference, and you want to see what they're able to do away from their home court. So that's a big thing in college basketball is what can you do away from home court because, like we said, all the tournament games, um, they're all obviously played on a neutral court. Um, another thing I just stumbled on was, I was telling you this briefly before the show, but – um, the sports book here in West Virginia, so I like an hour and a half away from where I live, offered about f- for 15 teams, like the power teams, like Duke, Texas Tech, um, Notre Dame, Arizona, Arizona State, some uh, some of those big teams, offered the conference uh, wins totals for these teams. So I just found this out yesterday when I was like uh, like an hour from bed, and I was like updating my fancy teams, and somehow I saw a tweet about it, and I was like so tired from updating my fantasy teams that I couldn't look at it last night before bed. But pretty much as soon as we get done with this, I'm going to be doing research on on those. Um, but this is just like super exciting that – because I've never seen these before. So the fact that they're over, they're offering these win totals on these these conference basketball um, uh, you know, games for these teams, I've never seen this before. So these are these macro bets, which I've talked about how I like because, yes, they tie your money up for two or three months, but – they're over the course of the season, so uh, there's way less randomness involved. So I'll, I'll, I'll kind of do like a report back to you next week, see how that goes. I'm pretty sure I'll, I'll drive up there this weekend and see how much money they'll take per. I, I'm not expecting more than maybe a grand uh, to get down on, on these, but if I could, maybe I'll bring some some you know family members or friends to uh, be a beard for me and, and get some money down. But I'm pretty sure I'll be a red alert if like you know four continuous bets go on like you know Notre Dame's under or whatever for the college pass. <laughs> but 
But we'll see what we'll do. It's it's more of just realizing that this is what in an expanding, a growing market, the competition is is offering. You know, these types of bets. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's great is is I can kind of track these this year and then look forward to it next year and kind of be two steps ahead, you know, knowing that they offer this now. So I can kind of do my homework pre um this offering. But uh, does that make sense? Why I know we've talked about kind of the macro betting, uh, but why you think uh, why you know I, why at least I think um, I enjoy these better. I think it's just more of my circle of competence, right? It's more of a, a big picture sense than a, a day in day out type of uh, of betting, um, mm-hmm. which I think is just kind of where my skill lies. Yeah, I'm curious how you found this. Well, I, I uh, this is what I did when I lived in Vegas. I was just search these uh, search these apps and search these websites just scout them every day and, and find things <laughs> but yeah it's, I guess I was just trying to like procrastinate and just went to my old habits and just saw these I think I was looking at the futures that's what I was doing I was updating the futures markets for my college basketball to see how things have progressed so I went to the futures markets and usually they just have the national championship but then they offered this and I was like oh wow what the hell is this so I started like doing like 20 minutes of research last night and I was like, no, cause I'll be up until like two o'clock if I do this and I'll just like fuck up my Wednesday. So, um, so yeah, as soon as, as soon as we get done here, I'm definitely gonna do some homework on it, but, uh, definitely excited that they're offering this. And like I said, it, it's, it's just good because it, it allows you to kind of stick to what you know, you know, now it's one of the reasons the NFL so is where people bet so much is just because you can get so much money down. Now, I know I'm not going to get a lot of money down on these college basketball uh, bets in 2019, but maybe this leads to two, three, five years from now, you know, this being a more liquid market. Um, like I said, God willing, um, you know, that's that's if everything goes goes well there's obviously a, a, a you know not so optimistic that way things can go but it's just exciting to see these different offerings and ways to bet and uh yeah you can kind of anything from the traditional betting because those markets are so sharp uh you're gonna just ha- naturally have a, a a bigger edge as a better when it's the non-traditional means especially when it's something newer if, if that makes especially in, in bigger sports like the nfl which is why we focus on these division bets. We focus on these conference bets, things of that nature. But, um, but yeah, is there anything else that jumps out to you before you uh, keep dreaming of Mexico there, Rob? No, no, I think that's a good place to end it. All right. Well, uh, I'll see you and everybody else next week. Roger that. Peace.